0: welcome to ms minute with DCD, your podcast for understanding multiple sclerosis every month our ms experts tackle a different topic to help you manage your disease and live a better life dcnd is a private neurology practice based out of dayton ohio it's certified by the national ms society as a comprehensive ms care center please note this podcast and its content is designed for educational and informational purposes only
1: Welcome to the MS Minute with DC&D, and thank you for tuning in. Our topic today impacts 80% of people living with multiple sclerosis. It can be embarrassing and frustrating and can prevent you from doing things you normally enjoy doing. We are talking bladder dysfunction. Luckily, there are some treatment options out there to help manage this MS symptom. I'm your host, Natalie Pugar, and joining me today is board-certified neurologist and distinguished fellow, Dr. Kenneth Pugar. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. What exactly happens with MS patients that causes bladder dysfunction in the first place? Well,
0: That's a good question, but multiple sclerosis, I like to remind all of my patients, is a disease of the central nervous system. The central nervous system is comprised of the brain and the spinal cord. Well, lesions in these areas can block or delay the transmission of nerve signals in the areas of the central nervous system that control the bladder and urinary sphincters. So when they have lesions or are damaged by multiple sclerosis plaques, we can then see symptoms of urinary dysfunction.
1: Gotcha. So why is it so common? I mean, 80% seems like a lot.
0: Well, again, these are the areas of the nervous system that are affected by multiple sclerosis. So it's not unusual if someone has multiple lesions, hence the name multiple sclerosis, then one or more of them may be involved in these areas of the central nervous system that help control bladder function.
1: Okay. Well, some bladder issues are normal to have in certain life events. And as we get older, our bladder function you know, changes. How do you know when it's time to bring this up to your provider during a visit?
0: Yes. So that is true. Uh, especially in women, as they get older, and have maybe you've had some babies, you know that having a little incontinence if they sneeze or cough is you know is not unusual. But I usually let the guideline be: Are the urinary symptoms interfering with the quality of your life? And there are predominantly five or six symptoms that one can have: nocturia, or waking up frequently throughout the night to have to urinate; urinary urgency is once you get the First sense you have to go, you got to get there really quick or something's going to happen. Urinary frequency, you find you're just going more often than is normal. Incontinence, which can either be a little bit or, you know, sometimes unfortunately, significant emptying of your bladder when you don't want it to. Okay. And then hesitancy, which is a difficulty starting a stream of urine. And then finally, retention, where the urine just stays in the bladder and doesn't come out. So, if someone is experiencing symptoms of any of those realms that are interfering with the quality of their life, then they absolutely should have a discussion with their doctor.
1: Okay. And many times I know some of these conditions can be treated with lifestyle modifications. Can you explain some of those?
0: Yes. Well, I think, you know, it's common sense things, first of all. I'd like to mention before we get into that when someone lets me know that they're having a urinary tract that you're having urinary symptoms, let's just say, the first thing I wanna make sure is they don't have a urinary tract infection, especially in multiple sclerosis patients where that's quite common. So if there's urgency or frequency, that's a common symptom of UTI. So I wanna check for that first. But ruling that out, managing your fluid intake. Well, I want my MS patients to certainly remain hydrated. Timing the fluid intake, at the appropriate times of the day can be useful. For instance, not drinking excessively before bedtime or before a car trip. Um, but again, I don't want you eliminating drinking because that's not good for good for you either. Planned avoiding, you know, try to our bodies can get into a rhythm. So sometimes it helps to try to urinate or empty your bladder at a particular time of the day or a particular time after uh, a meal.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So a lot of different modifications there. But what if those don't work? What else can somebody try?
0: Well, there are medications uh, that are available. um, and, And I do use those, not infrequently. We have to remember, though, that every medication has the potential for side effects. And some of these include fatigue, which is the last thing most MS patients want to experience but there's a class of medications called anti That includes Detrol and ditropan and Enablix and Vesicare, some anticholinergic, some antispasm agents. Even Botox injections into the bladder uh, can have a very beneficial effect in, in some patients. I also recommend to my patients, in addition to medications, practice pelvic floor exercises. This is a type of physical therapy where the target or the muscles attached to the pelvic bone and sacrum that help us control our bladder function. Um, this can be done with biofeedback and neuromuscular stimulation and daily home exercises, including the Kegel exercises that most are familiar with. Uh, there's another interesting modality called percutaneous tibial nerve stimulation or PTNS. This is where a small electrical stimulus is applied to the tibial nerve, which is a small peripheral nerve near the ankle. And this electrical stimulus then travels up the leg and transmits connections or signals to the sacral plexus, which is a bundle of nerves around the bladder. It controls bladder function and pelvic floor muscles, and it seems to have a positive feedback or modulation of of those nerves to allow for better bladder control. Now, that's somewhat inconvenient. There are 30-minute sessions each. You have to go once a week for at least 12 consecutive weeks, and then after that, usually monthly. So um, they use a little needle electrode, and it, well, sounds uncomfortable. It's really well tolerated by the majority of patients, and it's quite effective for the majority of patients.
1: Would that be used in more severe cases?
0: Yes. I mean, I would certainly try the non-invasive. That's moderately invasive, but it's certainly not horribly invasive. But I would try the the biofeedback and the exercises and the medications before I would go that route, just for the convenience sake.
1: Now, in those severe cases, um, is self-catheterizing recommended?
0: Yes. Now, catheterization would be used if there was that urgent – um, hesitancy or the retention. Okay. So self-catheterization for urgency and frequency incontinence and really isn't going to help a whole bunch unless it's what we call overflow incontinence where the bladder is just so full that it just leaks. But some people with MS, they have issues. They know they have to go, their bladder is full, but they just don't have the muscles to push the urine through. So that is where self-catheterization can be um, uh, a useful technique.
1: Gotcha. So is that kind of like a last resort or? I mean,
0: yes. I mean, it would be, um, there's logistical issues with that. I mean, for instance, the patient has to have the dexterity to do it. Sometimes with MS, they perhaps might not have the fine motor coordination you know, that would normally have. So then they may have to have someone else do it. So it's obviously not our first option and not patient's first choice, but it can be life-changing if, if one masters that skill.
1: Oh, I bet. Okay. Well, once treated um, in any of these forms, you know, will the symptom come back?
0: Well, generally, most multiple sclerosis, as you may be aware of, at least initially, is exacerbating and remitting. So symptoms can come and then back off and then come again. So certainly it is possible to have these symptoms um, be transient. But unfortunately, as the disease progresses, and especially if the spinal cord is involved, They most times will not go away. It's something that you're going to have to stay on top of for the rest rest of your life.
1: Gotcha. Now, does usually one of these treatments work for a patient or do they have to try different ones?
0: Again, we would usually a stepwise fashion is what I recommend. We try the simplest um, and least invasive modality first. And if that's effective, then of course we stop. But if it's not, then we go on to the next.
1: Why is it so important to make sure that this um, particular symptom is managed?
0: Yes, that's a good question as well, because it is detrimental, not just with MS patients, but to anyone, to have persistent urinary dysfunction. Urinary retention can lead to urinary tract infections. Urinary tract infections can sometimes then lead to urosepsis, which is a horrible infection. Sometimes people with chronic um, bladder dysfunction develop skin breakdown. And that can lead to problems. So, in order to maintain good kidney health, one has to have good bladder function.
1: Okay. What final suggestions or advice do you have for patients who are experiencing this for the first time?
0: Well, I think, first of all, it can be embarrassing. And trust me when I say that your doctors heard this, as you said, 80% of patients will experience some urinary symptoms at some point of their multiple sclerosis. So please, if your doctor doesn't ask you, you bring it to their attention. And let them know specifically what it is that bothers you. What is the exact symptom that's interfering with the quality of your life? So that you and your physician can discuss strategies to deal with that. Just some common sense things, you know that many patients learn on their own. If they're going on a trip, that their frequent stops are are planned. Uh, the discreet use of uh, pads or undergarments, uh, wearing clothes that are easy to remove, you get off and on, um, stash a change of of, uh, clothes and other h- hygienic products, you know, uh, with you when, you when you're going on a, a trip. And as I say, you know, when you go out to a restaurant or perhaps to a sporting event, get a seat close to the bathroom. So if you get that urgency, you know, you can make it. But uh, just have an open discussion with your healthcare provider. Please don't keep that uh, a secret. And you know, that's something that they need to know about.
1: Okay, all great advice there. Anything else that we're missing on this topic that you'd like to add?
0: No, I think we generally covered it. I, as I said, one of the things that in many time in my experience is overlooked is that urinary tract infection, mm-hmm. and that's the very first thing. That I check for. Patients with multiple sclerosis generally don't do well overall with UTI. Urinary tract infections hit them harder than other people. They become more fatigued. They become uh, just more lethargic. um, And their symptoms, whether they be motor or visual or bladder, they all worsen when someone is dealing with a UTI. So I always check for that first.
1: Okay. So if you're having concerns about bladder dysfunction, make sure you talk to your doctor about it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Pugar. For more information about bladder dysfunction and MS, please visit our website at dcndinc.com. Thank you. You've been listening to the MS Minute with DCND. Be sure to never miss an episode by hitting that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next month.